Welcome to this week's edition of the Wispy Mop Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series. I'm your host, Todd, middle initial C. Walker, and we have been listening to the fingerstyle guitar tune titled Adrift. And the reason I wanted to play that one first, and I made that decision right before we went on the air, was because our lives for the past six months have been somewhat adrift with the whole coronavirus situation that we're still going through. But that aside, the gentleman who was playing that tune is John Mann, and John Mann is on the phone with me right now. Hi, John. Hi, Todd. Well, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for, for having me. Thanks for the invitation. This is a first for me, so <laughs> very exciting. Well, good. Now, I have a question for you. How do you go about titling a tune? An instrumental, basically, because there's no words to work off of. Yeah, titling um, is often the harder part of, I mean, the songs kind of come to me in pieces, and sometimes I get different pieces to fit together, but uh, many times a song will go, I'll even perform it several times before I have a name picked for it. Um, but it's it's kind of the way, a combination of the way I've felt when I was composing it, and then sometimes I have to wait and see reactions when I perform it and what, what it makes other people feel before I put a name to it. Now, do you ask people sometimes when a song is new? Well, it's not a song, it's a tune. A song has lyrics, a tune doesn't. But do you sometimes ask people, listen to this and tell me what you think it should be named? I've done that before. I've, you know, played through in front of a, an audience and asked for suggestions. Um, and then, um, but sometimes it's just waiting for feedback from the song. If I get a couple conversations with people, you know, they said they, they like this piece because, or this reminded me of, you know, and a few, few conversations like that sometimes help shape, shape the name. Now, how do you go about, you said sometimes you have pieces that you play. Is it really just sitting down and noodling and you come up with like a little riff or something that uh, strikes your fancy? Or do you have an idea going in sometimes? Um, sometimes both. Um, but the, the songs I go into with an idea and try, trying to create, those are often harder for me to to finish um <laughs> where the the ones that kind of create themselves out of different pieces noodling around different fragments um those ones kind of just happen over time and that that process is a little bit easier now how long and i'm sure each tune is probably different as to how long it takes to finish it but What's a good average, let's say, for most of your pieces? How long does it take you from beginning until you're fairly happy with it as a complete tune? Um, that's that's all over the board. Um, like uh, that that piece we just listened to was um, intended to be two two different songs, actually. Um, and I couldn't expand on the middle section I put in there. I was not able to expand that into its own 
piece and the same with the other part and so I ended up combining those with a little bridge section um, but yes yeah, sometimes the uh, like the first the first piece I wrote for that was probably it was many months before the second part came along and then they kind of fit together so uh, yeah I don't I don't really work with any type of timeline everything kind of happens by by chance now do you when you get to a piece of what eventually might become uh you know a, a, a song or a tune do you just keep playing that when you sit down for like 10 or 15 minutes you keep playing what you already have hoping that inspiration will strike or is it something where okay i finished that now let me see in the same key what i can do that might be able to tie into that one or is it more just, like I said, sitting down, playing it, playing it? Because that's the way I write songs. I'll keep singing the same line, hoping that the next line will pop up. Yeah, there's there's some of that. Uh, and then a lot of times I would just work something else. And I, I, I keep notes of what, what key I'm working in at the moment. And then and I keep recorded notes, you know, little audio files. So I would go back and say i'm working in e minor today and i'm looking for another piece to go to i'll go back and play through some of the other fragments i have and hope that one fits um sometimes they do or sometimes it leads to making a new fragment that sits in a folder <laughs> until something else fits with it later so now besides the audio file when you record little snippets and i'm assuming you maybe use the memo or something on your phone. The do you also write when you say notes? Do you write down? Uh, do you notate, or you just write E minor? You know, and if it's around certain chords, it's E minor to this, to this, to this, and then you gives you a basic idea. Because I would think the more difficult thing, which and again I find it to be difficult, is in the evening sometimes I'll start a song just pops out of nowhere, a little chord progression and the way I play and I'll write some lyrics and I'll play it 20, 30 times saying, oh, I'm going to remember this in the morning. I get up in the morning and I can't remember a thing. Yeah. Remembering is difficult. Um, and a lot of times if it's just a, if it's a new fragment that somehow came together, I will, I will save a video of it because, um, not only will I not remember the exact tune of it, I won't remember the fingering of what I was doing. And the, so a lot of times I just prop my phone up, take a quick video, save that for later. Um, Cause yeah, I've thought before, uh, sure I'll remember that. I've played it 10 times over. Um, but if it's something that sits for, for months before it fits with something else, I don't always remember <laughs> how I did it the first time. Now, when, when you put the, when you take a little video using your phone, do you have uh, a holder that you put on like a mic stand or something, and then just you're aiming it at your left hand or how do you do it? Yeah, usually just try to capture my left hand. Um, if I can see that later on, I'll remember what I was doing. Um, but yeah, either on a, I have a little tripod when I do try to shoot a video uh it'll hold my phone or 
And sometimes it's just leaning my phone up on the other side of the couch and, but yeah, pretty much just focus on my left hand and get that saved. So I don't have to try to remember that for later. Now, when you write, do you play in standard tuning or do you have some favorite alternate tunings that you tend to work with more often than, than standard tuning? I work mostly in standard tuning. Um, I do, I do a couple songs where I do some capo tricks, like a half capo across four or five of the strings mm -hmm. and leave a couple open, usually the lower ones. Um, and then once in a while I'll work in like a, an open D tuning, but, um, I really, I don't do it much. It's, um, it's hard for my brain to process different, different tuning. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see the need for it so much unless I'm really looking for an open chord sound, mm -hmm. um, all the way through a song. The guitar has almost three octaves within reach at, at any time. You know, especially as you get up in the middle section of the neck, um, so, you know, I just try to work with what's there and there, there always seems to be several different options for whatever melody line I'm going for uh, to find it somewhere, somewhere within my reach in standard tuning. Well, that brings up my question of how did you get started playing guitar? Were you from a musical family where your mom or dad or brother or sister played the guitar and said, here, why don't you try it? Or how did you go about what was your your experience it started when i was was younger musical parents uh musical family and family friends um and it, it seemed like everybody played an instrument they had a little um like folk music band they would go out and play sometimes and uh i was supposed to learn the piano my my mother studied music and she teaches piano um she plays woodwinds and strings and everything else too um but I, I didn't learn piano a whole lot i learned theory on the piano and so i still kind of think when i think theory i'm picturing a piano uh, but i never i wanted to play guitar and i just started to you know pick one up from time to time and, and follow along so i'm I'm more of a visual learner, um, you know, just watch and repeat, watch and repeat till I can do it. Now, were you a singer as well or just, just a player? No, I've never been a strong singer in, in my opinion. Um, but I, I've never tried to do it much either. Um, so some, some company, company singing on some, some songs when we would play out, but, mm -hmm. um, Never, never really soloist or, or lead singer. Um, that was never, never really my interest. I've become interested in that a little bit as of lately because I'm working by myself a lot. Um, but yeah, it's not, not a strength of mine. Now, when you first started out with guitar, did you take, was it just people around you who showed you some chords or did you actually take formal lessons? It was really just see and repeat, monkey see, 
monkey do. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that point it was just rhythm playing for folk songs. And, uh, and I did that up till I was about 15 years old. Um, and then I, I shelved the guitar for, for a long time. I mean, I was finishing up school and getting my career started. And, um, it was, it was about maybe three years back now. I started back into the guitar again and, uh, <laughs> there was no more band. So I'm sitting in my study by myself and all I knew was some folk rhythm. And so I started having to figure out <laughs> what else can I do with this instrument by myself to, you know, make a, try and make something that sounds more like a, like a full song. Now, did you, did you have favorite fingerstyle guitarists that you kind of watched in the beginning, maybe to get an idea as to how they did it? Or is it really strictly, gosh, I need, I'm by myself, I'll try this. And then it was trial and error. Some trial and error to start, but um, definitely watch a lot, a lot of players. Uh, you know, it's, it's great living now. We have YouTube and everything else, SoundCloud, and you can hear or see almost anything you want you know, with a couple of clicks. So, um, now my, my younger brother, one of my younger brothers had come to live with me a while back when I started back into this and was showing me Tommy Emmanuel out of Australia, you know, his style. And, um, you know, I never, never thought that would really be an attainable level, but watch him a lot. Um, and then I, I go back, um, like there's a player, Tommy Paldanius out of Finland, um, Masa Sumad out of Japan. There's, a, there's another Korean player, Sung Jung, I, I watch a lot and uh, just tried to pick up techniques from them and, you know, play through some of their simpler songs. And, uh, yeah, just just taking it from there. Always, always trying to find the next piece that's a little bit more difficult, and you know, continue to progress. But it's a, you know, it's it's a hobby to keep me me busy, and I probably don't put in as much time as I'd like to. But uh, you know, when I when I have the time, it's it's a great way to pass the time. Well, I know you have a, a small family, but you mentioned your career. What did you study and what, what has been your career? Well, my, my career is, um, construction always, always has been from, you know, working in the summer with my dad, um, and then on through, um, I spent, spent several years when I first got to this area, um, working in trenches, laying, laying water pipe and sewer pipes, uh, for new developments. And, uh, that started to take its toll, you know, on my back and, you know, just time getting to work and back. And so I went, I went back to night school several years back and then got into more of the project management side of the business. And, uh, and then that's when, when things started to, to calm back down, you know, mm -hmm. I, I worked, 
worked a lot closer to home. I was was home more and not working as many weekends, and I started to have more time on my hands. And uh, and then yeah, was able to get back back into what I like doing. Well, I you know after hearing you, well, one watching and listening to you at some of the open mics when we did still have open mics, the and then listening to your pieces that you. Um, I received today through your Dropbox. I am very surprised that it's only been in the past three years that you've been working on this because you sound much more practiced or much more experienced at it than I would. If if I had listened to these files and someone said, well, how long do you suppose this fellow's been playing? I'd say, oh, gosh, he's been doing this for a long time. So you're, you're, you either have a knack for it or you're a quick study. Yeah, and I, I have a I have a lot of time now, um, especially in the winters. So I uh, I don't seem to progress a lot through the summer. But you know, winter winter time, like we just changed our clocks today, and it's kind of the start of you know hibernate and practice season for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you get home from work and it's dark, and yeah. I, my family here, it's just my wife and I and a, a couple of dogs and uh she's she's into uh I think she watches every movie that comes out. She's probably gonna be a movie critic in her second career when she retires from first. And uh I just don't don't watch a lot of, of T V, so I I, <laughs> I have a lot of time while she's doing that. Um you know, in the next door study, working on on something new. Um, it's it's easier way for me to pass the time to you know be relaxed, but I still feel like I'm I'm doing something. I'm you know I'm working towards a goal. I'm progressing on on something rather than just sitting there watching something. Well, I've seen you play three or four different guitars, but when you first got into guitar way back when, was it a, a borrowed guitar a gift or had you gone out and purchased one and what if you, if you remember what was your first guitar oh my first guitar um the guitar i learned on was my dad's um so i'd say i was about nine years old and he had a uh he had a epiphone um I think it was, I forget the actual number. It's, um, but it was based on the Gibson, the big uh, jumbo mm-hmm. Gibson 100, I think. Um, so same size guitar and had the big pick guard with flowers on it. And I just remember sitting behind that <laughs> big thing, trying to, <laughs> to reach over the <laughs> the bout of it and you know get my hands where they should go and yeah that's the first instrument i i played but um you know there there was always always guitars around the house you know my my parents friends would come over and practice and uh you know there was a lot of martins you know d28s was pretty much the king of that that folk Mm -hmm. bluegrass music and uh you know, once in a while, somebody would have something different. I remember 
somebody was tired of a seagull guitar with the cedar top because their heavy their heavy pick hand was wearing a hole through the cedar top and uh i, I was loaned that guitar um for almost a year and got to work with that and i like that guitar a lot but uh, i never never purchased my own guitar until uh I say I was probably 17 years old and I wasn't playing anymore, but you know, I've always had a guitar in the house. The first guitar I purchased when I moved out was a, uh, a no name nylon guitar. I got it at a, uh, a nylon string guitar. I got it at like a, uh, not a garage sale, but like a, a bazaar, mm -hmm. um, place I'd stopped at a trip one time I was out in Colorado with my with my aunt and uh it was I got a $20 $20 guitar with the bag um and it, it was probably it was probably $150 guitar um no name or the sticker had fallen off and I, I don't know what it was but I, I always had that guitar in the house and I you know noodle around with it very very rarely um but you know it was always just there so someone say hey you play guitar and i'd say you know well well i did and you know i could <laughs> play through one or two things but uh yeah when i got back into this a few years back when my younger brother moved in i went out and bought a uh oh i forget i didn't have that one very long i bought a washburn mm -hmm. When I, when I started back up again and I, I had that for a little while and then I've progressed from there. Now, how many guitars do you have in your arsenal now? Mm, too many, depending on who you <laughs> ask. <laughs> um, I just, we just fitted out a room downstairs in our basement. It was like a, I don't know if it was an extra bedroom but anyway it has a almost a walk-in closet i think the dimensions of the closet are five feet by six feet and uh i just finished that out with like store paneling on all the walls so you have the the hooks you can put a hook or a shelf or you know reconfigure it however you want and uh i put some humidity control in there and sealed the room and let's see There are nine guitars of different styles and a, and a bass hanging in there. So you created a guitar vault. Yes. Yeah, Isn't... it's not temperature controlled, but it, it keeps the humidity between 45 and 55. And then they can all live outside their cases. Now, how do you, how do you go about making it um, humidity controlled? Is there a... Do you have like a dehumidifier I, and then a humidifier, or is there something that does both? No, it's two separate units. Uh, there may be something that does both, but that's beyond my reach. So yeah, it's a humidifier, a dehumidifier, and a uh, and a controller that switches back and forth at a certain certain humidity. Well, that's I would love something like that. I don't have the room in my house to do that. 
although I take up one complete wall of the living room for my guitar cases. So I have my guitar vault is the case itself, which can get difficult. Um, and and you, you've probably, when you got to, to six or seven, probably realized that since most guitar cases are black and they all look very similar, trying to figure out which guitar is in which case sometimes can be a little troubling. Yes. Yeah, the cases mostly look the same. Um, but now I, I got the idea looking around because there's there's specialized cabinets you can buy. You know, it's like a display cabinet with glass and humidity control. And uh, but they, most of those were very expensive, and uh, it was was less expensive just to seal off a closet, you know, and and do it that way. Now, does the closet have a, a, a door with glass in it so you can see into it, or is it re- just a regular door? No, you can't see through it, and uh, and I, I'm I'm all right with that. Actually, this this room I've converted to recording studio is um it's in the basement on the back corner of the house and has its own door to the outside. So I, you know, I'd rather. I have the windows blinded, you know, close the blinds at night because if you don't see something in behind the door, you won't want to go through the door <laughs> to get it. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that they're kind of hidden um, just to uh, to keep, you know, somebody going by wouldn't look in and, and see all that. Now, what are some of the guitars in there? Um. Well, my, my workhorse, about two years ago, I got frustrated learning by myself and I started taking lessons with a uh, Chaz Aguada downtown and I bought, I bought a Guild guitar, so it's kind of on the, the cheaper end, but plays very well and came with like a, came with a case that has like a carrying straps like a backpack kind of a soft case so it's easy to get around with um so that one that one i actually use out the most because uh i don't have to be super upset about a bump or a scrape you know that'll inevitably happen so i play the guild i think it's it's an m1 140 that that one i play the most i have a a taylor nylon string so when I'm, I want to get like a nylon string sound, it's, um, it sounds like a classical guitar, but it's built like a steel string guitar. Mm-hmm. So the, it doesn't feel, you know, it has a radius fretboard and the same measurements as a steel string guitar. Um, and I have another small mahogany tailor that I, I like its voicing, you know, for, um, like darker more subdued pieces sound good out of the mahogany guitar. Um, and then a couple, a couple specialty things I've got just to break it up when I do go play somewhere. Like you said, I'm not, I'm not singing at all and all my songs are instrumental. So I bring out, I bought an Ibanez baritone guitar, which is, um, a little bit bigger. It's tuned down about a fifth or a fourth I, I usually tune it down to like a b tuning 
Um, so it kind of breaks up the monotony, you know, of a whole set, you know, on one one voicing. And then I got a guitar I don't know how to use yet. A while back, I got a, a harp guitar. So it's got your standard six, and then it has six bass courses below that that I'm still trying to teach my thumb how to use. <laughs> now, where did you get your harp guitar? A harp guitar, it's a, it's a Timberline guitar. Um, okay. So it's it's kind of an entry um, entry level harp guitar. Um, somebody had posted that semi-locally for sale. Um, I went down to Virginia and, you know, he said he had worked with it for a while, um, made a few songs with it, but, you know, wasn't really progressing with it anymore and was had put it up for sale so well that's very cool because um mike michael o'brien who you've seen i'm sure at some of the open mics uh is heavily into harp guitars has built one or two of them so he might be a good person to kind of get ideas from as to how to use that those lower strings but and what else do you have i know you have a um, and i want to pronounce it pizeki i'm not sure if that's how it's actually pronounced um, a gentleman out of Virginia, I think, right? Yeah, his um, I think his name is Don Pezik, um, but he, he calls his guitar. I think we say Pezeci. Uh, I think that was a maybe an old pronunciation of mm -hmm. his his family name. And uh, yeah, that was actually the the second guitar I got after my Washburn. I I wanted something kind of built to my specifications and uh he was he's a builder i guess southern virginia down around danville and uh he says he builds guitars just because he likes building guitars and he, he pretty much sells them for material plus about i don't know plus about three hundred dollars maybe is probably all he put in there for for labor for himself so it was an affordable purchase for me. I mean, and he works on his own time schedules, not to be rushed, you know, it's a it's a hobby, not a business for him. So but uh yeah, I, I had him build a Pazeci starting with uh zero coat wood. I've just always liked the look of that wood. Uh on the back and sides. He put a uh like a bear claw type spruce on the front. Um he built built it extra wide for me. I think it's an uh, inch inch and thirteen sixteenths, which uh, is about. It's only a sixteenth inch wider than most tailors, um, but it seems to make a difference. It kind of gives me a little more spacing between the strings, and then it's a uh, it's a slightly shorter scale. I think a twenty four and a half inch scale, so that. Um, a drift that you played when we first started. I uh, I can only play that song on a on a short scale guitar. It's the little bit of difference. There's a reach there in the middle of that song, and again at the end that I cannot make cleanly on a standard size guitar. So did you use that guitar for when you recorded a drift? Yes. Ah. Yeah. Now the recording we heard today. I I don't remember. 
it may have not been that instrument because I have a short scale Taylor as well. But um, the song was written on that guitar. And then I realized when I tried to play it on my uh, on my guild, I was not able to do it cleanly. Well, whichever guitar you used for that recording, it sounded very, very nice. Pizzetti has a, a very nice tone to it. Um, and he, Don, has many different models. Um, I like small, small-bodied guitars. So it's it looks small, but it's got a kind of a deep, body to it um even though it's got a small small dimensions and uh yeah it it sounds pretty sounds pretty good for its size and i'm normally you know i'm normally playing in a in a quiet room when i'm recording so i'll i'll usually take the line out direct line out and then also have a a mic in front of me and then you know use whichever sounds best or mix them both together after the, after I'm done recording it. Now, when you record your guitars, what, what microphone do you use on the guitars? Mm, nothing fancy. Let's see. I went to the local shop and got a, uh, an audio technica. Uh, it's a large frame condenser. I think the 2020 mm -hmm. model, um, so about your real common entry level large frame condenser mic, and uh, that's usually what I what I use. I set that up. I like to set that up right about where the neck of the guitar joins the body, and I don't know a foot and a half away. And uh, yeah, then I'll run another another track with the line out of the guitar that, you know, I use or I use as needed. I'll use the line if I need to, to fill in the mix. Now, do all of your guitars have the same brand of internal pickup or are they all different? Oh, no, they're, they're all different. Um, I think the guild comes with a uh, Fishman setup. The tailors of course come with their own, um, Don Pizik put in a Pizzetti, I think it is a, uh, I want to say maybe a JL. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm sorry, JCB. Cause I, and I like that pickup a lot. It's basically a, uh, it has no preamp, so there's no battery in the guitar, but it did have a, a volume control. Um, it was a pretty inexpensive pickup. I actually went, when I got this harp guitar a few weeks back, well, I've got it a couple months ago, but a few weeks back, I turned it on its side, took a power drill to it. Uh, I think I lost John. Let me see if I can get him back on the phone here. He was mentioning that he has difficulty with reception at his house. Let me give a quick ring. We'll find out if he's, uh, there it is. It's ringing. I love talking about, uh, guitars. We, I guess we, we, we got disconnected there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies. Oh no, that's quite all right. But you were, you were talking about the, uh, harp guitar. You had laid it on its side and you said you got a power drill out and that's the last thing I heard. 
Yeah, I got a power drill out and added um two of the JCB um, inputs or uh, output jacks. So the same ones that Don had put in my Fizetsi, I, I had to put two in the harp guitar, but I like that pickup a lot. Now, do they super glue underneath the bridge plate? Is that how they work? So those work, yeah. Yeah, they, I think they're uh, uh, a version like the K, I, I'm a K&K sound, uh, K&K Pure Western Mini dealer and installer. That's what I, I use. And I think there's two or three different companies that have very similar setups where they they glue under the bridge plate. And is it, it is a very natural, in my opinion, it's the most natural sound you can get amplifying. Uh, you still have a little bit of that, that piezo um, sound, although you can generally EQ it out, uh, depending on how you've, you've set the, uh, you know, the controls, but they're, yeah, they're very good. And then, and again, they're passive, just like you said, you don't have to worry about a battery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I have a lot to learn about tone and recording and that's a, that's another science in itself. Um, but yeah, somehow those, those type of pickups seem, they need a little more amplification um, from my experience, but they sound good, and I don't get a lot of, um, I don't know if it's just my style or proximity to the bridge that I play, but the under-saddle-type pickups, you know, that little wire underneath the, the saddle, you can get a lot of um, stringless clunking. Mm-hmm. You can hear, hear my nails going across the strings a lot, a lot more. Yeah. With those type of pickups. Now, what kind of string, what gauge string and what brand string do you prefer? Um, well, I use some different ones depending on the tone I'm going for. But with the, uh, with the spruce top guitars, standardized guitars, I go with Tommy Emanuel's recommendation of uh, the Martin um, it's a Martin flexible core, uh, 12 gauge. So it's pretty kind of neat, middle of the road for light gauge. Um, but that's pretty much what the great Tommy Emanuel uses exclusively. Um, and I tried them for one, they're pretty inexpensive. Uh, so that's helpful. And, uh, and they, they are pretty pretty flexible. So playing a lot. Um, songs of mine, I like to put in some even whole step bends, even down in the first position, which you can't really do very easily with with regular strings. Somehow the the core of those things is a little a little more flexible. Allows allows a little bit more uh, expression out of them. But, so I use use those a lot, Martin Flexible Core, twelves, and then um, on the mahogany guitar, I I like to get a different tone out of it. I, I usually put like uh, some retro or um, oh yeah, the nickel, like n- the nickel type on there, and I don't know, it just gives it a it gives it a different tone. I guess so when I'm if I'm performing for an extended amount of time, I like to switch in between, you know, 
make it easier on people's ears, give it a different tone for, for some of the set. Now, when you record, what are you recording with? Do you record to your phone, an iPad, a computer, and what program do you use? Uh, I'm working with a computer, and I'm, I have a lot to learn. I bought a, a PreSonus audio box, um, you know, USB interface, and that came with um, Persona software. It's uh, Studio One. So uh, I've never really used anything else besides Audacity, which was a, an open source free program. But it it seems to do the the trick. I can add many tracks, um, add some compression. Some, some effects. Um, I am not editing. Uh, I've tried, but um, if I miss a note that I'm trying to hit in my song, it's uh, it's easier for me just to keep playing, keep recording it until I get it right than to go in there and try to, to edit it at all. <laughs> well, it, and I tend to agree with you. Not that I can record myself very, very well. I tried to do that um, this morning in case we weren't, we weren't able to connect with some f music files, and I was trying to put in some, some uh, instrumental stuff and uh, through my mixer, and it just, uh, I mean, it worked okay, but nothing like yours. Yours sound very professional. Well, I have, I have a friend I've reconnected with a long time ago. Uh, I knew him way back, and he actually moved back close to me now he's in Leesburg and he he built a, a large recording studio you know they can put a 12 person band or maybe half an orchestra in that place it's about the size of most people's garages but it's soundproofed and and he he really knows what he's doing so I get get some tips from him um a couple little tricks I put in my final recordings I said a lot of times I'm using my line and a microphone mm -hmm. or some, sometimes two mics. Um, so I change the EQ of each, um, each track a little bit. So one track carries more of the, the bass to the middle and the other track carries kind of more of the mid to the highs. Um, and then I, I, would, I will pan those left and right all the way so you get more of a, a stereo sound. Um, and then another another quick trick, he told me any effects that I put, like if I put a, a small amount of reverb on the channel, I will run that to a separate track. So I'll take the reverb from the left channel and play it on the right side with a few seconds delay, and vice versa, reverb from the right play on the left and it just it gives um it seems to give the recording a little more of a width like get some some space to it now is it difficult to be your own engineer and play at the same time do you find it difficult or is it just you're in the learning curve so it just is what it is yeah i'm i'm learning i'm having fun it's um it's not optimal i guess but uh 
I I just moved into this space down here. I'm trying to set it up where it's it kind of does both. Um, work desk is in the middle of the space, and my recording area is on the other side. So when um when I am over there, I can kind of turn my my monitor so I can see it from from where I'm recording from. Um, but yeah, as far as any adjustments during the recording, no, it, my recordings just end up being very long. They'll be five to 10 minutes at the front of each recording. It's just me walking back and forth, getting things set up and, you know, all that. So, well, of the ones you sent me today, I'm impressed with how, how high the quality is of the recording. So you're doing a good job. I can imagine it's only going to get better with time. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's been, been something something new, but I've I've always liked computers, too. I've always um, built my own for quite a while. So when I started getting into this, I, I built kind of a dedicated machine that would would handle high high quality audio files and also video i've been been trying to learn about that too um but i have a lot to learn there too <laughs> well i met you through the uh, fame open mic at dublin roasters i think that was the first time i i met you and you became what i would call a steady eddie in the local local open mics. The um, Was it difficult for you to go from getting back into playing at home to then going out to play in public? Yeah, I mean, when, when I first came to Dublin Roasters, you were hosting that open mic. That was, was one of the first times I played out um, anywhere. So it was very very new to it um but i i like the i like the excitement of doing that i like the um the level of, of focus um state that it gets my mind into um because it's at least for me it's much different to play with an audience than to, to play without um and maybe that goes away with with time and doing it more but uh Yeah, I've, I was, was as, as often could. Now, I, I'm, you're cutting out a little bit on me, but the um, I know that John Durant one time had a gig set up, and he had invited, I know he invited you to not necessarily open for him, but to play at some point during the show. And knowing John, I've known him for a long time, and he is, you know, the consummate professional performer, entertainer. And when he said that, I agreed with him that you were a great choice, but he obviously thinks you're something special because he doesn't invite just anybody. So kudos to you. John has been great when I uh, I met him. I think the, when I met, went to your open mic at Dublin Roasters was probably my second time out. The first time I'd gone out, I went to um, the Unitarian Church south of town had an open mic, and uh, 
I was scared to death to perform in front of anyone, and but I thought, you know, hey, these these people should should be nice to me. I bet you know they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna eat me. Um, <laughs> so I I went and Sally uh, Sally very Sally performed a couple couple pieces. Um, tried to introduce myself, and uh, and John was there and uh, and talked to me afterwards and. And he kind of, he really helped me along when I was just starting up to, uh, you know, told me about the coffee shop and uh, made a point to show up when I told him I was going there and sat up front and requested the only song he'd heard me play before, uh, you know, because he knew I could play it and wanted to make me sound like I knew what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he was was very helpful. so yeah, I've gone with him a couple of times and uh, to a coffee shop and a, and a winery. And when he takes when he takes a break in the middle, um, I'll, I'll play a little bit to keep uh, you know just so there's not dead air while he gets a break. Well, it's, that is a wonderful way to get introduced to new listeners. It really is. And speaking of that, do you have plans? And I know that in our current time with the the virus situation and um, social distancing and not being able to perform indoors, although I know that the serendipity open mic is on tap for, I think, next Friday. When I say next Friday, we're recording this on November the 1st because you referenced that we turned our clocks back this morning. The what are your plan? Do you have plans since you have more downtime? In other words, when I say downtime, it's going into winter, so construction is going to slow down a little bit. And the fact that there aren't going to be as many places to play during the, the, the cold months. Do you have any plans for recording more songs and maybe putting out an EP or a CD at some point? I'm hoping to, and I'm looking to my, my friend in Virginia for some help with that. Um, but yeah, I uh, earlier this year I went through a process um, with the U.S. Patent Office. Um, I took my middle my middle name is Miles, so I've made a uh, I've made a stage name, I guess you could call it. I'm, uh, I'm Miles from Earth. Um, oh. so it sounds sounds a little far out, but it's just. I'm Miles, and I'm from Earth. So, now, is, uh, is that is that a name? Do you have a website, or is are you online with that name yet, or is that too early? No, I've I've got the website up. It's milesfromearth.co, and uh, there's a, a Facebook page to go along with that. Um, but one of the one of the requirements on the trademark of that name is to a CD or some type of production, um, and I, I do have a timeline to do that, so I'm, I'm hoping to, to get through that this winter. Now, it's milesfromearth.co. It's not .com, and that's uh, you're the not, first person I've, I've met who has .co. Yeah, there's, there's several new, um, I don't know what that's called. I don't either. Suffixes. Yeah. <laughs> Suffix. Um, there's, there's more along. When I, I looked for miles from earth, 
come, and it is not it is not in use. However, it was owned by somebody, and uh, when I tried to tried to purchase that, um, it, it was not not available for sale. Uh, but I have not seen that it was used. Um, so I had a couple different different options, um, and one was uh, a hyphenated name with the the com suffix, and I I didn't I didn't like that. It seemed like it would be hard to uh, to say and stick in people's heads. So I went with the uh, the other the other. But uh, yeah, it's uh. That's another thing I'm learning to get the, the websites up, but it's it's me doing the uh, doing the cooking there. So uh, it's not it's not crude, but you know it's not it's not excellent yet either. So. Well, I'm looking at it right now as we speak, and I see that you've got uh, some audio files. You've also got some YouTube videos from your um, music room. And you've got a thought. You've got a photo from the Frederick Coffee Company, Sunday Songwriters, and then you have a, a photo. The, your photo. Yeah, my photo. And then the, right above that photo, there's a, a photo of some of the guitars in the rack, and you have one that looks like maple back and sides. What is that one? Uh, that might be another possession that I had for a while. So okay. I, um, so it looks like like early maple um but it's actually um it's actually chip oh that's the one you were telling me about in the email yeah uh, yeah cherry yeah i've never seen cherry wood it looked like that but don uses a lot of very interesting woods in his build um he had built that that instrument for somebody else that uh didn't go through so i ended up purchasing it in addition to the one I had custom ordered from him. And uh, I had it for a while. And then a friend of mine who used to stop up for some jam sessions now and then, he was looking for an acoustic guitar and really liked it. And uh, so I ended up, he ended up buying that. And I, I was looking for a camping trip three weeks back and he brought it along and I got to play it again and it was still playing well and uh, he likes it a lot. Oh, well, good. So in the future, maybe a CD or, or something, like you said, you part of the agreement, I guess you have to produce something within a certain time frame. Now, is that because of the, uh, for your name in order to, to keep it, keep the license on the name or is that something to do with the website? No, that's for the trademark on okay. the name. Um, so yeah, I, I actually applied under two two service codes. They call it. There's one service code for you know performing, and there's another for uh, recording and producing. Um, so I have a trademark for performances because I've showed activity there. But I have to I have to show an musical product to prove that I, that I'm actually using the other class before it'll be fully instated. Sure. Now it does say fingerstyle guitarist ex- existing currently Frederick Maryland Earth. 
where did you grow up? What, what, were you from Maryland or Pennsylvania or where? Uh, no, I've been in Maryland for almost 15 years now, but uh, I grew up in the Northeast, um, Northeast Kingdom's Mont, about 20 miles south of Canada. Oh. Most of my most of my childhood, I moved out to Western New York, uh, maybe 30 miles south of Buffalo, and then um, I got towards 18. I lived in Eastern West Virginia, and when I started working, you know, the work the job project kind of slowly towards DC area, and I ended up staying here. Well, it's warmer, longer than it is in like Buffalo or just just on by the Canadian border. Do you like the warmer weather, or would you prefer the colder weather? Uh, I I like warmer weather, um, but I like this. I like the seasons. Um, see, up up there when it's winter, you know it's winter. And you can, <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Can do winter things. <laughs> Um, sometimes here in Maryland, like I said, I've been here 15 years. I have not, for myself, I've not seen a real pattern. Um, yeah, there is nothing. winter, it goes without being able to enjoy any of the things. So, um, but now the rest of the year is, uh, is, it's going to be winter. Some of the weather is a little better, but sometimes we get we get a chance to do some of that here. Sure. So I'm getting getting older, but you know I still have still have the snowboard to keep it sharpened up, and uh, when I when there's enough snow to get out and use it, I do. So. Well, I am glad you moved to the Frederick area 15 years ago, and I am very happy that I got the chance to meet you uh, at the open mic at Dublin Roasters and that you're still performing or will be as soon as we can get out into it. But you've got a, um, whether it's a hobby career or a low level career, but whatever you make of it, you've got the talent and it's, uh, I appreciate the fact that you've chatted with me today. Yeah. Thank you. I'm uh, happy for the invite and uh, no, I'm very lucky to meet people like yourself and uh and john durant when i when i first started back out that's that's helped a lot um so it's um there's always a nervous jitters or an adrenaline dump or combination of you know trying to do something new uh so yeah when there's there's professionals reassuring you and, and helping you along it's uh it's been, been more than that before. Help me, help me stay with it. So thank you very much. Oh, you're most welcome. And I appreciate you calling, uh, talking with me again uh, this afternoon. The show will be live this evening, so you'll be able to listen to it. It's wispymopmusic.podbean.com, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, or it's either on iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts. But thanks again, and... I'm going to hang up with you and say goodbye. And then the folks are going to listen to your song reminiscence. So I'm looking, I'm looking, that'll be my third listen in the last two hours. So it'll be fun for me and hopefully fun for everybody else, but have a wonderful rest of your day. And hopefully I'll get to see you in person soon. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much, Todd. Okay, John. Have a nice day. You too. Yeah, bye-bye. Well, that was John Mann, fingerstyle guitarist, existing currently, Frederick, Maryland, Earth, and his website. And it's just up and running. It's not, you know, full bore yet, but he does have photos. He's got some YouTubes. He's got some audio files. It'll direct you to his YouTube channel or to his Facebook page. And it's milesfromearth.co, not .com, just co, milesfromearth.com. And now we're going to listen to his fingerstyle piece called Reminiscence. The Wispy Bump Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series is produced by Todd C. Walker at the Wispy Bump Music Studio in Frederick, Maryland. All the music on the podcast is played with permission from the artist. And if you're enjoying the series and want to tell friends or family or coworkers or other musicians about the podcast series, please feel free to share the link wispymopmusic.podbean.com. And again, podbean is P O D B E E A. B-E-A-N, or you can find the show on either iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.